some government decided to hack the United States government and millions of businesses. And this hack could have an impact for years to come. Uh, you will need to be a person of color if you want the COVID vaccine, according to the CDC. And the Eighth Amendment just ain't that complicated. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Welcome back. If you cannot tell, I am really sick. I got the flu. Uh, it's definitely, <coughs> definitely not a cold. But um, uh, maybe it's COVID. Maybe I got lucky, and I'm one of the one of the lucky ones in California to have caught it. I don't know. I could go get tested, but I don't want to because I just don't care, and I'm not dying or anything. Just not sleeping a lot. <coughs> so if I sound like crap and I start coughing in the middle of this, uh, I'm sorry. But I, I was I took yesterday off, and I was gonna take today off. But the the news is just going crazy. So, um, so had to know this was going to come sooner or later. Uh, it broke out the United States government agencies and a bunch of corporations and businesses, uh, as well as international targets, were victims of a massive nation-state espionage campaign. Absolutely gigantic. Rumors have it that the hack was implemented by the Russians, but that seems to be up in the air still. <coughs> Trump this weekend contradicted his Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, who said it was the Russians. Trump said it was the Chinese. On Sunday, a forensic IT guy said that there's just no real evidence who did it yet. They're still looking into it. This is just way too new. The hackers, who have been reported as Russian, compromised high-profile targets uh, in the United States, like the U.S. Commerce the Treasury, Homeland Security, the Energy Departments, and any other companies that actually had a specific software and had that software updated from an update from, I think it was last year. <coughs> All of the attacks uh, stem from a, an IT infrastructure and network management uh, utility called SolarWinds. Uh Again, the breach probably uh, came about back in October of 2019, and it was implemented by a software patch that was that is uploaded and actually installed onto the SolarWinds product. And this is a tool uh, that SolarWinds uses called Orion. I'm very familiar with Orion. I've used Orion. I've used Solar winds for years. It's something that is extremely common on the market because it has so much power. Um, this is a very scary, scary thing. <coughs> I know the last three jobs I were in uses the Solar Winds Orion, so I could imagine everybody is just freaking out. Uh, the hack basically allowed a backdoor into the IT systems in which the hacker can gain access to the network systems and all the information on the network. And when I say all the information on the network, I literally mean all the information on the network. Uh, Orion does have a network scanning utility that it actually allows you to view things crossing the network. So you can actually see data on the network. The hack is very easily discoverable. 
So I don't want to say easily discoverable, but it is rather discoverable. So when a uh, hacker actually goes into the system, he or she can be found. So when you're talking about businesses that are actually compromised, you would think it would be some of the larger businesses. Some of the smaller businesses probably are not going to get hacked, even though the back door is there, only because if someone actually discovers someone into a low um, a low valued target, that patch can be could have been discovered and a hacker basically blew the back door. <coughs> so chances are the big companies were the ones that are being hacked and attacked. The hack is uh, so invasive that the only way to actually fix it is to take the system completely offline. Simply turning off the systems with Orion is not good enough. The, it can, the system can actually be turned back on. It has to be pulled completely from the network, and then the software has to be completely uninstalled. There's just no safe way to get around this hack and keep your systems on the network. Um, SolarWinds has a, Orion has a ton of things on it. Uh, like I said, it's been around for, I don't know, forever. Um, it has a network analysis tool, systems analysis tool, remote desktop support, remote updating, network and system performance, a, a DHCP server, which actually allows you to add IP addresses to a client computer with any op network options that that client computer has. Log analyzers, this is huge. Someone could actually go in and see the logs on any server that is that connects to um, this system. And that's another thing. Every it's a management tool. So it's a management central it's a centralized management tool. So usually servers on the network, those servers can be email servers, file servers, web servers, will have a SolarWinds agent installed on that system and that system will connect and periodically talk to that SolarWinds server. <clears throat> so that SolarWinds server will have basically everything on it. Now, this was bound to happen. And we in this country have been way too lax about cybersecurity. Uh, Europe has far more stringent laws than the United States has when it comes to cybersecurity. The only good news is the United States does have superior hackers to those in Europe, Russia, Indonesia, Asia, uh, China. One of the things, and this was something that was brought up, is no, we know what they're doing now. You know, we, we do have insights into the European and into Russia and into China. But this is about as close to a war as we could see with Russia or China, whoever actually did this. And I personally think you need to do that. You need to actually go in and press. This is why it would. It would have benefited us if we had just kept President Trump as president for four more years, because President Trump would have handled this. Whereas Joe Biden, you can't be sure Joe Biden's going to do anything about this. He's just going to ignore it. Big deal, blah, blah. It, it, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. I, we have such high technology, we could actually turn on and off the lights in the Soviet Union, in Russia, and just to tell them, hey guys, don't F with us. We're far smarter than you guys are. We are far, we invented the internet. We can actually do things to your country that 
no one, I mean, we probably are, to be honest with you, but it's, it's just something you, you just want to flash something, the Soviet Union and China. So they begin to realize that we do take this seriously and we are in there. And this is not a country you want to mess with. We also really need to start fixing our, our, uh, the internet laws, the, um, cybersecurity laws. We need to, uh, HIPAA, and all of the government privacy acts, we really need to tighten up a little bit. This is something that, um, for example, it's not illegal to go in and post private information of someone on a social media platform, whereas it is in Europe. I, I It's frowned upon, of course. I mean, I could lose my job if I post someone's social security number on a, on a web page. <coughs> I could lose my job. <laughs> but it is not illegal. And I, I think we need to really solidify our laws in this country. And I think we also need to take this, this cybersecurity thing, uh, cybersecurity thing serious. These guys had access to our nuclear missile information. These guys had access to the Treasury Department, our finance system. These folks have access to our uh, Department of Homeland Security, our secrets on who we're watching and who we're not they have information they had access to information they just shouldn't have access to and I, I listen the days of a conventional war against superpowers is over we're not going to see a nuclear war now don't quote me in 10 years if it actually happens but we're not going to see a conventional war with china or russia we're not going to see nuclear war with China or Russia. The war is going to be cyber. It's going to be a political war. Russia is going to try Russia and China are going to try and undermine our government. They're going to try and undermine and they can do this through politics and they can do this through the cyber systems. And we need to do the same thing. I'm sure we are. Again, I'm sure we are. <coughs> the government is not going to sit and tell us what they're actually doing. But if this stuff is actually happening, we need to handle this. And we need to show these people that, you know what, Here, here's, a, here's some bad news for you. We know how to do it too, and we probably know how to do it better. And we should be more aggressive. Now, granted, we don't have as many people as, let's say, China. Personally, I find it hard to believe that Russia would have hacked this, but I think Russia is a little bit superior in their cyber uh, cybersecurity, cyber crimes than China is. China typically sends spies. They don't typically use cyber attacks and hacking. Russia has always used cyber attacks and hacking. Um, Indonesia, uh, Iran, North Korea are also known for this stuff. Israel is also known for it, though Israel does do a lot of uh, in-person uh, in-person spying and yes they do spy on us France does too and we spy on them but this was a huge hack and it, it needs to be handled someone's going to need to do something about this and I think the United States needs to start taking this serious I think the United States needs to create a committee on cyber intelligence and cyber security uh, I, I, I the intelligence, um, you know, the House Intelligence Committee and the Senate Intelligence Committee, we should have a committee just like that. And it should be, and it should be uh, filled with people who know what the hell they're talking about. 
I keep seeing these idiots interviewing um, uh, the Facebook CEO and the Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg. Berg. <coughs> they have no idea what they're talking about. They, they just sound foolish. We need a committee where these people know what they're talking about, or at least can reference someone who does know what they're talking about. And I think in this country, we need to start taking this serious. Just like we need to, to take Chinese spying serious. This is a huge problem. So, I, in the next story, <coughs> I find it really disturbing where woke culture is going. And it, I know there's going to be... Here's the thing, I think, with woke culture. I think it's we're going to push back eventually. Because woke culture is so illogical, unreasonable, it's just stupid. But... Um, and I think it is a re I think it is a real minority. I don't think woke culture is something that is all over the place. Not everybody believes this crap. Okay, it does have a niche, but I think it's stories like this that are actually going to destroy woke culture because it is so unreasonable. It is so insane. That eventually people are going to say, what the hell are you talking about? So there's a story on Vox that talks about how we need to give the vaccine to minorities and not old people or people with pre-existing conditions. And it started off as just wokeness, right? Uh, people were sitting back and saying, hey, uh, black communities and Latino communities are being hit more than white communities, which, by the way, is a culture thing. This is not a race thing. The, the virus is not a racist thing. The virus doesn't give a damn who it, who it infects. All a virus is made for is to actually just spread. So let, let's talk a little bit about that after I read this. This is from Vox, a very left-wing Quote, by now we all know that COVID-19 is not an equal opportunity killer. Okay, right off the bat, you can tell this article is completely irrelevant. It's already stupid. It is a complete equal opportunity killer. It doesn't care. It infects anybody. It will kill anybody with a pre-existing condition. So right off the bat, this is a bad article. Black, Latinx, and indigenous people are getting the disease more often and suffering more severe outcomes than white Americans. Now, again, I, it, this thing just kills me when, first off, Latinx isn't a word. It's Latinos. And I think I said this in a previous podcast, but Latinx comes from a gender uh, role. Uh, gender, it basically... If you're a you know group of men, you're Latinos. If you're a group of women, you're Latinas. If you're a group of men and women, you're Latinos. They use the they use the uh, masculine plural to you know encompass men and women. Latinx came from that. I I will never use Latinx or Latinx, whatever they they call it. But it, it's crazy. I also want to point out, um, they start capitalizing things. Black is capitalized, Lat Latinx is capitalized, and indigenous people is capitalized. Why indigenous is capitalized, I, I have no idea. So anyway, I continue. I'm, I'm rambling here. 
Most oh well, most glaring statistic: one in one thousand Black Americans have already died in this pandemic. In the U.S., Black residents have been dying at twice the rate of White residents. Now, I just want to point out: White here is lowercase. This kind of sucks. There is nothing about being black in and of itself that makes people more biologically susceptible to COVID-19. That is absolutely correct. That is the first true thing that this guy said. Instead, the disproportionate impact is due to accumulation of factors from centuries of systemic racism. Um, no, has nothing to do with systemic racism. This virus would have affected the same people back in 1962 as it is in 2020. So this guy's already discriminatory housing policies like redlining have made it harder to maintain social distance. Unequal education and job opportunities have compelled people to take a higher risk at work. Well, here's a problem with that statement is no one has a job now. So this is a stupid statement. Worse healthcare access has bred more underlying medical conditions. A society that has foisted all these conditions on minority groups which now make them more vulnerable to COVID-19, has to ask itself, when, is, when a vaccine is discovered, should people of color get priority access? <clears throat> this is sick and goes completely against science. This article has got so many problems with, and I just literally, it's, I think it's like a 3,000 word article, and I posted the first three paragraphs. I, I already had it enough of it. Um, the CDC actually said, for equity's sake, you know, so we're all equitable, that people of color should receive the virus, uh, should receive the vaccine first before people who are or over 70 or those with an actual pre-existing condi conditions, if they're white, that could lead to them actually dying. This is absolutely insane. And people have been talking about this. The CDC said this is what they wanted to do. People under the age of 65 have a 99.95 chance of surviving this disease. 99.95. People over the 60 over 65 they still have a good chance of surviving, but it's only 95% chance. If you're over 80, it actually drops over 70 or 70 to 80. It drops lower than that. And here, here's the thing. Poverty is a reason why diseases spread. People are closer together. Black and Latinos are also extremely family oriented. They have a completely different col culture than white culture does. <clears throat> I'm white. I'm not as close with my family as my fiance's is with her family. Her and her family is scared to death of the virus. Yet they always get together every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend. They're not that afraid. That that's just because they're family, and they trust no one's actually sick. So it, that is very common. The virus isn't racist, the, and this is a bullshit. A, this is bullshit of applying equity to give a twenty-year-old black man the vaccine before an eighty-year-old white woman with diabetes. This is just insane. Why would you want to do that?
How does that even make sense? This has nothing to do with science. We keep hearing from the sci- these, these Democrats, these leftists, who believe in science all the time, keep accusing us of science, and then they don't go with the science at all. They do this all the time. We now have doctors saying that people of color should get the vaccine before white people or older white people. The incoming COVID czar, or one of the COVID czars, has actually said people over 70 shouldn't be living. They shouldn't be given anything. We've got another doctor who sat back and said that if we give blacks the the uh, blacks the um, uh, the vaccine, we'll be evening the playing field with whites. By the way, he's white. Who said the guy who said that? So he's just virtue signaling that kind of bullshit. This is sick. This is absolutely sick. This is a very dangerous game science community the science community is walking down. It can lead first off, this is not going to create herd immunity. You give a 20-year-old the vaccine, you're not you're not gonna he, he's not gonna get chances are he's not even gonna have symptoms if he does catch it. So that's not you need to give 70-year-olds, 65-year-olds, older people, people who are susceptible to the vaccine. So they can get out. And that's how we have herd immunity. Giving it to a 20-year-old because he's black is not going to fix anything. And if you decide to give it to frontline workers, I'm sorry, a 30-year-old doctor should not be getting the vaccine. He or she is probably going to be fine if he he or she does catch it. But his 75-year-old patient probably should get the vaccine. This could lead to tens of thousands of unnecessary deaths when we already have vaccines out there. Now, <clears throat> like I said, this is a very dangerous road the science community is walking down. It's going to lead to distrust. It's going to lead to anger. People are going to say, um, you know, you guys aren't worried about me. You're not worried about my family. Not to mention the seat the the not to not only is it the herd immunity thing not only is it going to lead to tons of deaths it's just illogical it doesn't make sense now in their defense the cdc did change their stance a little bit they sat back and said well uh we're going to push back it should be somewhat people who are over 65 should be getting it first so the good news is they're kind of they got a lot of kickback on that, but uh, just woke culture is going to eat itself. Woke culture is going to eat itself because it's this illogical BS that is going to make people say, hey, "Listen, I'm not going to do this. That I'm not going to do that. It doesn't make sense." And like I said, the woke culture is the minority in the country. A lot of people look at this and think, I talked to five or six people here, all people of color, where I live. And they all said the same thing. How does that make sense? I've had literally six or seven people where I live, and I live with a lot of people. Six or seven people they've all had, uh, that have had COVID. And they were barely ill. Now they were all in their mid-30s. Except for the kids. There were three kids. They had COVID. They, but 
Nothing happened to them. Meanwhile, their parents, who are 70 and 75, are in Mexico. They live on a farm by themselves. They can't come, they won't come to the United States because, <laughs> but, well, technically they would qualify because they're Hispanic. So Latinx or what, Latin, Latin, Latinx or Latinx or whatever it's called, Latinx. But so they would qualify for it under this rule. But it's just so stupid and it really is going to hurt science. The last story is just bloody annoying. I, I, I these, <coughs> we continually have our taxes raised and this is what we get out of it. Okay, so a Wisconsin man who is in prison for raping his own daughter is, and I'm going to put this in air quotes because it's not, constitutionally, and air quotes, entitled to receive a sex change at ta uh, taxpayer expense. A federal judge ruled this month. Uh, excuse me. According to Post Millennial, quote, Mark Allen Campbell, 49, who was sentenced in 2007 to 34 years in jail after pleading guilty to first-degree sexual assault against his daughter, now identifies as a transgender woman and prefers the name Nicole Rose Campbell. So he got 34 years for rape after pleading to it, which means it was probably far worse than just just a rape. And I say just a rape because I think it's, that is the worst freaking thing you can do, period. Especially to your own daughter. <coughs> I'll continue. U.S. District Judge James Patterson uh, ruled that Campbell is entitled to a sex change surgery and that he should be moved to a women's prison in the meantime. Oh my God. This is what he said. The rights of transgender persons and sex reassignment surgery remain politically controversial even outside the prison context. And some members of the public are outraged at any effort to improve the health and well-being of the inmates. But the true public interest lies in alleviating needless suffering by those who are dependent on the government for their care. I decline to impose any further prerequisites on Campbell's sex reassignment surgery. She has waited long enough. <coughs> the post-millennial also reported uh, the dissenting judge, Diane Wood, insisted that the DOC was deliberately indifferent to Campbell's condition, which could lead to self-castration. If in Campbell's dismay at not having the surgery provided, Campbell would undertake to remove her penis. There's a contradiction. It's not a her. If he has a penis, it's not a her. With her own hand. Campbell's lawyer agreed, stating that while the DOC medical director was respectful towards Campbell in allowing her to live as a woman, they refused to change their policy to accommodate the request. The judge wrote, The Eighth Amendment requires prison healthcare professionals to exercise medical judgment when making decisions about an inmate's treatments, and they cannot completely deny the care of a serious medical condition. But cases recognizing those broad principles could not have warned these defendants that treating an in inmate's gender dysphoria with hormone therapy and deferring consideration of sex reassignment surgery violates the Constitution. Okay, so what does all this mean? Okay, first off, 
this is this is another uh, example of where woke, woke culture is going to end up eating itself. I don't think there is a normal human being in the world. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your sex. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your color, your race. Nobody straight thinking human being is going to sit there and say that um, the public should be responsible for paying for a hundred thousand dollar surgery from a man, a uh, sex change surgery from a man who raped his daughter. I don't think anyone is going to think. Now, the judges are basically saying this is based off a the Eighth Amendment. Here's the Eighth Amendment. This is it. This is it. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. That's the Second Amendment. <coughs> Nowhere in there does it say someone's mental disease or defect shall be a reason that we have to spend $100,000 on a sex change organ, uh, sex change surgery. Nowhere does it say anything like that. When they talk about cruel or unusual punishment, they're not talking about his mental disease. Okay? They're talking about um, being put on the rack. They're talking about him being stuck in an Iron Maiden. They're talking about him being fed to the rats. They're not talking about his gender dysphoria. And by the way, his gender dysphoria can be treated. It can be treated with counseling. It can be treated with, uh, if he wants to, the drugs, the, the, the initial drugs. He, they, we do not need to treat, to give pay for this guy's sex change operation. He's been a man for all his life. He's had kids. This is not cruel or unusual punishment to make him keep his penis until he gets out of prison. This is absolute, pure judicial activism. That's all this is. This is some woke judge, probably a, um, probably a, a frickin' um, Obama appointee, that decided, hey, newsflash, um... You can't say he's a woman or... And then you're going to stick this guy in a women's prison? Here's a newsflash. Um, cruel and unusual punishment. That seems to get very confused with something that this is supposed to be punishment. You're in prison to be punished. You're not in prison to be fixed or made into a good human being again. That's not what... He's not in jail for 34 years to be rehabilitated. He's in prison because he raped his daughter. Sick son of a bitch. I, I, this is one of the things that just drives me absolutely nuts about woke culture, and this is what's happening. And there's going to be pushback to this. People are not going to like this crap. They're going to get tired of it. And that's what's going to kill woke culture. So in a, uh, another bit of news, um, they have finally approved a COVID bill. Uh, this COVID bill is about about a trillion dollars, about nine hundred billion dollars. It was fifty six hundred pages. Um, I'm not going through all fifty six hundred pages, but there's a lot to it. 
I'm reading a couple of articles about it. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. And we're going to see that this was just another bullshit bill. And we need to talk about what happens when Congress gets a 5,600-page bill for a trillion dollars, two hours before they're going to vote on it. Um, I think that's a big deal. I mean, even AOC said that you can't hand me a 5,600-page bill and expect me to be able to vote on it. AOC said (laughs) even she was right. Every once in a while, you know, a dog gets a bone. Uh, Even a blind squirrel gets a nut. Okay. Well, anyway, I hope my voice didn't kill you. (coughs) It's killing me. Uh, You can follow me on uh, Parler at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com where you can actually view uh, basically the links to this story. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> <laughs>